Hi. I want to encourage you today to get behind the, the Unite714.com movement. And um, we talked about this last week. It's a, it's a gathering of churches and individuals across the world praying at 7.14 a.m. and 7.14 p.m. And, and the whole idea is taken from the scripture in 2 Chronicles that says where God says if we will just humble ourselves and go towards him, move away from the things we have been doing, seek his face and genuinely ask him to come, that he will come and he will heal our land. And, and there is probably 20,000 churches at this stage across the world in 128 countries, I think it is. There's a couple of hundred thousand people. We've signed up as a church. I hope you've signed up as an individual. Um, and we're gathering at a quarter past seven in the morning, quarter past seven in the evening. And we're praying for God to come and do something miraculous, not just in this land, but across the planet. Um, and that's really just in relation to the COVID-19, um, the, the, the coronavirus thing. Um, but we're also praying that God will move spiritually in people, that through this pandemic, through this plague, whatever word you want to use for it, that we're going to see many people come to know Jesus. We've got people crying out to God that we've never had before. And we just want to really encourage you and encourage um, anybody that you know to please get involved with this, get on board, and let's see God move in our land. The power of prayer is phenomenal. God moves. Prayer moves the hand of God. All through scripture, prayer moves the hand of God. And in saying that too, today, Palm Sunday, between 3 p.m. and 4 p.m., we have a nationwide call to prayer from every Christian denomination. Every one of them have joined in on this call to prayer. So from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m., we're asking everybody to join with us and pray for, again for our nation. This is for Ireland. We're praying for God to move here, to physically heal people, to protect our hospital people, our frontline workers, our, our staff in supermarkets, the guards, whoever, anybody who still has to walk. We're asking for him to provide for those who can't walk. We're asking for his protection over families. We're asking for his healing. We're asking for his healing for our land. And we're asking too that he would come and move in a great way and change people's hearts and move them towards him. So that's from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. today. I sent you out a pack the other day um, on a PDF in the WhatsApp group. And in that you will even see stuff for to encourage your kids to pray. There's a little drawing for them to color in. So the whole family can get involved in this. So please take a little bit of time today, read the pack, get involved, say the prayers. Let's meet together spiritually between 3 and 4 p.m. today and pray that God comes and changes our world. Sunday, a week before Easter, um, traditionally the start of, of Holy Week, we have uh, St. Palm Sunday been celebrated in many different ways over the world over the years. 
one of the things that people have been encouraged this year to do is to hang some kind of a green branch on their door because we can't gather physically so that spiritually and even in some way symbolically we are still gathering because it's Palm Sunday. And the significance of Palm Sunday is not to be lost. It's it's an amazing um, part of Jesus' journey into the passion and into the crucifixion and into the resurrection, which is what we're going to celebrate next Sunday. Um, and, and the story of Palm Sunday comes from a place in scripture and, and it's generally called the triumphal entry. And, and we read it in, in Luke and it's in Luke um, 19. So let me just find it here for a minute. And it starts in verse 28. And it says in verse 28, after Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And as he approached Bethage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Tell him the Lord needs it. And those who were sent went ahead and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? And they replied, the Lord needs it. And I think, you know, that, that's a first place to stop, just for a second. Jesus Jesus sends two of his disciples ahead of them. When, when they say, when he just finished speaking, he had been giving them parables, he'd been teaching them about stuff. And when he finished it teaching, he was getting ready to go to celebrate the Passover. And he sent two of his disciples ahead, and he told them, go and get this colt. Now, I, I'd kind of look up what a colt was, because to me, a colt is like... Um, a Mitsubishi cult is probably the only thing I know as a cult. And um, I don't even know if they make them anymore. But when Jesus sent his two disciples, he told them to go and take this cult. And a cult is like a baby donkey. And he was going to just take this on somebody. And I was reading this and I kept thinking, and the more I thought about this as the week has gone on and gone, is he telling them to go and rob a donkey? Do you know? And, uh, but he's not. What Jesus is doing is stepping into the provision of his father because he knows that his father has had this donkey prepared for him. And he's sending his disciples to go and get it for them. And I was thinking two different parts of this. One, from Jesus' point of view, anything that Jesus had to do, God's provision was there for it. And that's going to be the same for your life and my life. If God calls us to do something, the provision will be there for it. If you need a car to get somewhere to do something for God, you will have a car to get somewhere and do something for God. If you need some other provision, you'll have it. If you need um, a new laptop or a new whatever, or or you need wisdom or you need um, knowledge, God will give us whatever it is that we need to be able to fulfill the plan that he has for us. But the second part I was thinking was, he asked these two guys to go and do something really strange, and I was wondering what must it have been like for them? Imagine being with Jesus, and then he goes, listen, I just want you to go on down ahead, go here, you're going to find a donkey, untie it and take it. And if your man asks you anything, just say, the Lord wants it. And I was trying to think, what what, <coughs> what would it be like for them when they're thinking, what if your man comes out and starts trying to beat us up? Or what if he comes out and he doesn't let us take it? What are we going to do then? When they have questions in their heads, or do they just go, oh, okay, Jesus, and away they go. I have to be honest and say, I think if it was me, I think I'd have had all the questions. But I think I'm supposed to be the kind of person who just goes, okay, Jesus, that's where I'll go and that's what I'll do. Because sometimes God will ask us to do things that seem strange, that don't go along with normality, that um, 
that maybe are out there a little bit. Like, like let's be honest about it. Telling two guys to just go down and untie a donkey and take it is kind of a little bit out there. What could he have asked you to do that might be a little bit out there? Well, he certainly has asked me over the years to do stuff that's a little bit out there. But any time I've gone and done it, he has just come through because I was operating in his plan. I was moving towards where he wanted me to be. God's provision was there. And as strange as it may have seemed, we've stepped into it and it's happened. Sometimes, and I know um, last week I, I, I was talking about generosity and we've done a Bible study this week and we're in the middle of this whole 40 acts and we were talking about myself and Anne yesterday and she's saying, God, generosity, generosity, generosity. But you know what? God is radically generous. And sometimes generosity feels strange and he asks us to step into stuff that feels strange. And this man who owns the donkey had to have the gift of generosity because when they said the Lord needs it, he went, okay, go ahead. And I wonder how many times in our life do we hear and feel or sense the Holy Spirit saying the Lord needs it and we go, go ahead, or we go, well, we don't know about that. That's mine. I don't know if I want to pray that. So I want to encourage you today that just in that little piece of scripture, before we even get into Jesus' triumphal entry, there is something in there for us where we can look at it and go, where am I? If God said to me, I need that, can I have it? Would we go, yes? If God said to us, I want you to go here and do something that seems a little bit strange, would we say yes? And would we believe and could we believe that no matter what God wants us to do, no matter where he wants us to go, that his provision is always going to be there for us in that place? And I really want to um, say my experience has been any time I have stepped out into where God wants me to go, he has always provided. He's always made sure I had what I needed. Um we go on in verse um, 34, or 35, sorry, and it says, they brought it to Jesus, they're talking about the cult here, and they threw their cloaks on it, and they put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the ground. And when he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. They were shouting this. They were saying, Blessed is he who comes, or is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And I was thinking this, Jesus was getting the red carpet treatment here. This was like better than the Oscars. These people were throwing the cloaks on the ground, throwing palm branches on the ground. It would have been a dirt track. They were covered in it. They put their coats on the back of the donkey because the donkey wouldn't have had a saddle. And I don't know, I never rode a donkey, but I'm guessing maybe it was uncomfortable and they put the clothes on it to make it a bit more comfortable. Whatever it was. But these people were, were honouring Jesus. He was coming in here as the hero. What were they saying to him? Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Somehow or other, these people actually acknowledged and understood that Jesus was a king. Now the word about him had spread greatly around the town. There was no Facebook, no internet, no nothing. This was just word of mouth. But the word of mouth was all the miracles he had done and only within a short while before this he had raised Lazarus from the dead. And we read about that in the book of John in chapter 12. But Jesus had just raised Lazarus from the dead. And this was enthusing the crowds. They were phenomenally excited about this. But it was also really, really ticking off the Pharisees who were the religious leaders. They were very unhappy about this. And at this moment in time they were plotting how to kill Jesus and Lazarus. They wanted to get rid of both of them. But the crowd were like hyper about Jesus coming in. This was like um, 
an All-Ireland final, for want of a better way of putting it. This was like huge. People were screaming, shouting, calling out praise, worshipping God, um, unrestrained, no worship leader, no band, no service, no nothing. There's just people on the street crying out and screaming out and saying, God is amazing, God is amazing. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And the Pharisees didn't like it. And why the Pharisees didn't like it, I think, is because they weren't part of it. They didn't accept that Jesus was a prophet. They felt that he was a threat to their system, to their religious system. They didn't like the changes that were going on. They didn't like the way he spoke to them. They didn't like the authority that he had. They didn't like any of that stuff. And because they didn't kind of agree or believe in Jesus, they wouldn't worship Jesus. And they wouldn't worship God and thank God for Jesus. And they didn't want anyone else doing it either. And, and it's funny because <coughs> I've seen that with us sometimes. If something's happening somewhere and we're not part of it, we can kind of poo-hoo it. And we don't want anyone else being part of it either. And I think one of the, the big things that has really stopped Christianity growing in this land and in many lands has been this whole thing about we're the only ones that are right and they're wrong. And I think if we can get past that and we can actually get to a place where we can go, you know what? God is using that person. God is doing amazing things over there. We're not part of that, but I am going to rejoice in it. I'm going to be glad in it. I'm going to be happy for it. Um, I think one of the most amazing things we have done over the last number of years in Hope is run the Alpha Course. And the couple of years that we have run that Alpha Course, we have done it in partnership with the Church of Ireland and with the Catholic Church. And that that was hard. We had to walk through. We have stuff that we don't agree on. But you know what? We were able to get to the place where we actually found that what we do agree on, and that is that Jesus is our Lord and Saviour. And that's what's most important. And the Kingdom of Heaven is much more important than the Empire of the Hope Centre or the Empire of the Church of Ireland or the Empire of the Catholic Church. The Kingdom of Heaven is much more important than all of that. And seeing people give their life to Jesus, seeing people have their lives changed, being saved, and, and seeing the healing that comes from that and the peace that comes from that and the joy that comes from that and the, and the just new life that comes from that is much more important than anything to do with our denominations or anything to do with our little differences and how we believe and see things going. And this is where I think the Pharisees lost it. They missed something amazing because they had an opportunity to step into this worship time, but they didn't. Rather than that, they turned around to Jesus and they said, you need to tell them to shut up. This shouldn't be happening. Let me read it to you from Scripture. In verse 29 it says, Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. If they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. There is this phenomenal video on YouTube of a, 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 an evangelist and a pastor called Louis Giglow. And we showed it in Hope maybe a year or two ago, where he was able to get these recordings of the noise the stars make. Stars don't only shine light, they put out a sound. And he was able to get all these different sounds together, of all these different stars, and they're all different, and put them into this program. And, you know, it turned into the most, and added whales in as well, actually. And it turned into the most beautiful music that you could hear. And then he overlaid the track, How Great Is Our God, onto it. Look it up on YouTube. It's well worth seeing. 
And I tell you all of that to say, the very earth that we stand on, the planets in our system, the solar systems and the galaxies, give glory to God. All of them. They know their maker. They know. And and this bit about Jesus saying, these stones will cry out. You know, and, and I don't think that was metaphorical. I think he meant literally, you shut these people up. This is such an epic moment in history that if these people stop praising, the stones themselves will praise. And you go, how could God make a stone talk? I have no idea. He made a donkey talk. He's let me talk. How does he make me talk? I don't know. God can do whatever he needs to do or wants to do. And if he wants stones to talk, believe me, they will talk. So, I just want to say, if, 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 if the earth and all the creation can sing glory and praise and worship to God, then I think it is our privilege to be part of that. And I think when, when, when God gave us that opportunity to do it, and you know what, we get to do it by choice. We can choose to worship God. We can choose to worship things of this world. But you're under no illusion, every single one of us on this planet worships something. We either worship other people, we worship money, we worship security, we worship um, things, our house, our car, or whatever, or our job. And you say, how do we worship? We worship because that's what we give our time to, that's what we give our attention to, that's what we give our money to, that's what we pour our life into. But we are called to worship God. We are called to pour everything we are into worshiping God. And the amazing thing is, if we do that, he will pour stuff back into us that we will have all of that other stuff too. Scripture teaches us that if we will seek first the kingdom of God, then all these things will be added onto you. So if I worship my job, the chances are I'm not going to worship God. And that job may cost me my family. It may cost me loads of different things. And then in the end of the day, I die. And what have I got to show for it? But if I worship God, that will not cost me my family, I promise you. It will not cost me a job. What God will do is pour back in. Because if I seek first the kingdom of God, which is worshiping God, then all these things will be added on. I will have a career that is more satisfying. I may end up being a van driver for the rest of my life, but I'd be happy. I may end up being the CEO of a multinational company and mega rich or whatever, but I'll be happy. There are so many people in those kinds of positions and they're not happy because they have worshipped this job. And I think what's one of the things that has happened in the financial crash nearly 10 years ago now, and now in this coronavirus and the lockdowns all over the world and the lack of travel and everything else, people are beginning to realise actually what is really important in life. What is really important in life? Is it the money? Is it the stuff? Is it being able to do things? Or is it connection and love and peace and joy and not living in fear? And God promises if we seek first his kingdom, then we can have those things. And Jesus is telling the Pharisees, if you try and stop those people getting this, I'll have the stones cry out worship to me and the people would still be blessed. And in the last bit I want to talk about, it's just in the last couple of verses, in verse 41 and 42 it says, And as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. <coughs> and he said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it's hidden from your eyes. 
There's only two places in scripture where it directly says Jesus wept. One is at the, at the death of Lazarus and the other one is over Jerusalem in this chapter. In Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews says where Jesus wept over different things. But in these two places, it says Jesus wept. Jesus wept over Lazarus as he felt compassion towards the people and the loss that was there and he cried. And here he cried over Jerusalem, but he cried over Jerusalem about what they had missed the opportunity for. They had missed the opportunity of having him as their Lord and Savior. They missed the opportunity of having the peace that he brings. We have spoke for week after week after week in hope in the Swap Shop series about swapping the things of this world for the things of God. And the biggest thing that we've ever got an opportunity to swap is all of the fears and anxieties and worries of this world for the peace that Christ gives. For the peace, the peace that passes all understanding. The peace that just doesn't make sense in the middle of all the madness. There are people right now who are living in mortal fear. They're really afraid. Their anxiety is through the roof. They're worrying themselves sick. And in every one of those cases, whether it's over coronavirus, whether it's over finances, whether it's over other health matters or relationships or wherever, in every single one of them, Jesus is going, I want to give you peace. I want to give you peace. And, and his heart is broke for the people who could have had peace, but who didn't take it. And I want to say to you that, that I really hope today that if you are a person who needs peace, if you are a person who has had other things in your life that have been more important than God and have, that have taken that place and that you have been worshipping. And you might go, I don't worship things like that. And I understand that totally. And I'm not trying to say that you're some kind of a, um, a job worshipper or a tree worshipper or something like that. But there are things in life that take that place of importance. That place of priority that God is supposed to be in. And this is the bit where he's calling us. He's calling us today that he is the king of kings. He's telling us today that as he rode into Jerusalem on that triumphal entry, it was a triumphal entry. He went from hero today to zero on Friday when they will crucify him. Five days after this, the same people who are calling out his name and saying, glory to the king, in five days' time are gone. Crucify him, crucify him. And he still went to the cross. And he still rose again. And he still offered forgiveness and new life to those exact same people. And today what he wants to offer is new life. And if you don't know Jesus and you don't know, and this all sounds weird and, and wacky and all the rest of it, and, and, and I'll accept that. But what I want to tell you is Jesus is real. If you invite him, he will come into your life. He will make an amazing difference. He will offer you peace that this world can't give you. He will offer you love that this world can't give you. And if you will make the choices that put his kingdom first, he will add everything else that you need, every provision that you need, emotionally, financially, spiritually, physically, he will give you whatever you need to be all you are destined to be. He has a plan for your life. His plan is to prosper you. It's not to harm you. He loves you. He loves you enough that he went to the cross and he died a horrendous death. So that you and me don't have to do that. So I want to invite you today, if you don't know this Jesus, then maybe now 
even right now, this second, wherever you are, that you must just go in your heart. Jesus, I would like to know you. I would like to invite you to be part of my life. I would like to invite you to take over my life. I would like to invite you to come and be my king. Come and be my Lord. Come and be my saviour. And if that's you today and you want to get in touch with us, you can email info at hopecenter.ie or you can just send us some kind of a message on Facebook or wherever and let us know. And we pray with you and we can send you on some resources and some other bits and pieces. And if you are someone who are, who is part of the Hope family or someone who already knows Jesus who's watching this, I just want to pray that today that you will rejoice in the fact that, that Jesus is the King of Kings. And he is our Lord. And in the midst of all of this virus, in the midst of all of this fear, in the midst of all of this anxiety, that you can have the peace of God that passes all understanding. That you cannot be like the Pharisees and not praise him, but you can get on board and you can go no matter where it is, who's doing it, whatever. If God's name is being lifted up, I can rejoice as part of that. I can be glad with them. I can see that the kingdom of God is expanding. I can see how great it is when, when one church is able to manage to get loads and loads of people involved online and um, where they could never get them in, in the physical space. And I can rejoice in that, even though it's not us or whatever, it doesn't matter. It's about the kingdom of God. And Jesus came to expand the kingdom of God over and over and over again. He said, the kingdom is here, the kingdom is near, the kingdom is here. You have this kingdom. You are part of this kingdom. You are a precious child of God. And he loves you. And he has a plan for you. And he wants the best for you. So today I want to pray that as you move into the rest of this week, that you will know God's hand is on you. That his provision is there for you. Remember the donkey. His provision is there for you. Remember the worshippers. He calls us to worship. Let us seek his kingdom and put him first. Remember the Pharisees. Let's not become like them. Let's not be the big brothers. Let's not be the ones who aren't happy because someone else is. And finally, let us remember that Jesus came to bring peace. And he came to give you any peace that you need in any situation. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for, for your word. I thank you for your promises. I thank you that every one of your promises you keep. The scripture says that everything you say is yes and amen. You are the beginner and the perfecter of our faith. You are the one who starts things, but you're also the one who finishes them. And I don't know what's going on. I don't even know who's going to be watching this, Lord, or listening to this. But I want to pray that you would meet with them right now. That just as your presence is real right here, right now, that it will be real in their homes or in their cars or wherever they may be. Lord, I pray that you would reach into their lives, that you would heal what needs to be healed, that you would fix what needs to be fixed, that you would bring hope and peace and joy and salvation. Lord, I ask you to bless your people. Pray that whatever is going to be that they have to face this week, that they would know you are with them. So may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May He make.
his face to shine upon you and grant you peace. And until the next time we get to see each other, may all dreams come true. And keep you safe. Amen. God bless you.